This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Remember what that scripture says. Don't let it just run off of your mind like water off a duck's back. God really will return back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Listen, believe that. Believe that. Anybody been facing a a difficulty or a trial? (laughs) You know what I found out? The enemy always overplays his hand, doesn't he? When he attacks, that's when I know, you know, good things are coming. That's when I know God's got a great and effectual door open for us. And I'm going to tell you what, I love that song today, both of those songs. But boy, I tell you, raise a hallelujah. Boy, Dre, y'all got it on. You got it on, man. I'm telling you what, that is, that is a great victory song. And you know what? You get that down in your spirit and you be singing that, man, right in the face of the storm. I was thinking about, you know, since Paul and Silas, you know, they'd been beaten. They were put in the innermost prison. Wow. See, just because we obey God doesn't mean everything's going to be just hunkadory. You, you know, there's an enemy out there. There's opposition. But you know what? They, they, they had their own hallelujah song going, didn't they? And I'm telling you what, you get yours going. You get that down in you and you start singing it. Amen. Sing it to the storm. Sing it to the problem. Sing it to the attack. Sing it to lack. Sing it to whatever's going on. Amen. Well, we're talking about the power of the spoken word this series in this month. We talked about, you know, last week about framing your world, about how God has given us the ability under God, under God's authority and using His Word that we can begin to speak things into our own world. We said it starts from the inside out, doesn't it? We start speaking things. You know, uh, you know we can battle. Maybe, maybe, you know, we all have different things that we fight. Isn't that true? We're different individuals. It may, be, it may be depression. It may be doubt. It may be something else, whatever it is. But we need to begin to reframe our world. Remember we said that God in the midst of chaos, even God's world was attacked. And He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and perfect. So you know ours is probably going to be attacked. But He spoke. He didn't speak what He saw. He spoke what He wanted. He spoke what he believed. He spoke his intention. And in the midst of chaos and darkness, he said, like me. Boy, I'm telling you, it's powerful, isn't it? You don't have to say 50,000 words, but just let your words be filled with the faith of God. So we talked about that last week, and we're going to continue to talk about the creative power of my words. Now, last week, obviously, we, we focused on, and rightly so, about the creative power of God's Word. And that's the ultimate creative power. And remember, we're not talking about that we're going to create planets and universes like God. But in our own world, our sphere of living, our words are powerful. Proverbs says life and death can be contained in our words. That doesn't mean you're going to speak something and you're going to fall down dead. But death is more than just the the ceasing to live physically. I like this definition. God gave this to me many years ago. I think it's very scriptural. Death 
according to my understanding from the Scriptures, is the separation of anything from the purpose for which it was created. God told Adam and Eve, He said, the day that you, if you eat, disobey and eat from this tree, He said, you're going to die. But, but we know Adam physically lived almost 900 more years. But he was separated from God and from Eden, which was his purpose. And in our lives, there can be areas that are not measuring up to the will and purpose of God for our lives. I do not believe God wants us depressed. I do not believe that God wants us to live full of fear and anxiety. I'm not saying that you don't have any battles there. I'm saying that's not the state God wants us to stay in. He does not want us to live continually in lack, in strife, in relationships fractured, all kinds of things. This is what I'm talking about. So our words have a tremendous power and ability to begin to shape and change those areas of our lives. And remember, we said it starts inside because you talk to yourself all day, don't you? Sure you do. No, you're not going crazy. You're just human. (laughs) that's the way God made us we talk to us so those words that we're speaking to ourselves that's the starting place that's where we start at let's look over in uh look in Luke 6 we'll start here read a scripture Jesus said this a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart What you say flows from what is in your heart. Now, you know, we all were raised by parents or grandparents. We were raised, you know, uh, in our families. And maybe you had a very nurturing, encouraging uh, family life. And we're all happy for you. (laughs) Some of us did not. And that's not to, to, to you know, to, to be critical of our parents. They did what they knew. But, you know, we, we may have heard very harsh words spoken over us growing up. Or, or very negative words. You'll never amount to anything. You're, you're no good. You're, you're, you, you know, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough or whatever. Those things, and here's the, here's the power of words. When you dwell on those words long enough, when you repeat them internally long enough, they begin to shape your thinking and your actions and your attitudes and eventually your life. And that's what Jesus was saying. What is in the treasury of your heart? You know, to put it in modern vernacular, we would say this. Words act as spiritual downloads. Are you listening? So what are you downloading into your life? If you're, if you're on a, a computer or a tablet or a smartphone or something, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's all kind of things that you can download. There's, there's good things and then there's not so good things. And sometimes you can download some. You think you're downloading some good and come to find out it's got a virus in it. And the virus can corrupt the whole operating system. And see, spiritually... What we're listening to, what we're saying internally, uh, what we're watching with the eye gate, all of those things become spiritual downloads into our heart. And if they are corrupt, they're going to corrupt the whole operating system, the whole way you live your life, the, the way you 
think, the way you see God, the way you see others, the way you see your future. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's still true. (laughs) Isn't that right? Now, the words we speak, I like to look at it this way, are data points for tracking the heart's condition. They're data points. The words we speak. You listen to people speaking words long enough. I'm not talking about just one conversation, but you're around them long enough. You hear the, you're going to hear the words coming out of their mouth, and they're going to be data points. And I can tell you exactly, if I listen to it long enough, if I'm around them long enough and hear them talking, I can trend where their life's going. It's either going to go up or it's going to go down. You know, we all talk about our problems and troubles, and there's a place for that. But if that's all you're ever talking about, I can tell you where you're going. Nowhere. You're stuck. You know, some people stuck in the past. You talk to them, they, all they can remember is what's, what's happened to them. How, you know, how it's been so hard, how it's been so difficult, what the enemy has done, why, how people have done to them. And I understand that, but we've all had that. And I'm not trying to, to make... Uh, light of your troubles or what's happened to you. It's, it's very real. It's painful. I understand that. We've all dealt there. But what I'm trying to get you to do is to be able to recognize you need to move forward. We don't want to stay there. Maybe we were a victim. Maybe you are a victim. But you don't want to stay there, do you? I'm, maybe I have. Maybe I am down. But I don't want to stay down. I've been on the bottom. I, I've been under the bottom. I've been where I got to the bottom. I thought, man, I'm making progress now. I'm, the, I'm on the bottom of the barrel. At least I'm not under the barrel. None of y'all ever been there. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. So words can act as spiritual downloads. So what are you saying to yourself? And you know, not every thought that comes into your mind is from you. A lot of the enemy originates that way. You know, he, you know the thought he'll whisper to you? Now, you're really not a very good Christian. And then what do you do? You just chime in and agree with him. That's right. After all, you know, so-and-so told you that. And so we need to understand the power of my words. We understand the power of God's words, but my words have power too. You know, they really, most of the, your, your, your psychiatrists and people like that that deal with the with the, the psyche and everything like that, and I believe the Scriptures bear it out too, that our words, my own personal words, impact me more than anybody else's. You're quicker to believe what you say about yourself and your situation than you are just about anybody else. So what we say to ourselves is important. Absolutely. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Now, Jesus said here, and I want to amplify on this a bit. <coughs> Because he used the word evil, translated evil there. And, you know, we think of evil, we think of, you know, maybe a, a, a Hitler or, you know, a Idi Amin or somebody that's just really, I mean, there's some put millions to death and all, and certainly that is evil. But, you know, the Bible says, calls doubt and unbelief evil. It says that when we slander or gossip, that's referred to as evil. So, you know, I I understand, yeah, those extremes, they're definitely evil. There's no question about that. But there are other things that we might overlook 
that have to do with what we're saying, not only about ourselves, but maybe the words we're speaking over our brothers and sisters, we're speaking over our kids, our grandkids, or people that we know. And you know, those words are evil too. The Bible talks about uh, uh, that unbelief is an evil thing. The children of Israel, they couldn't enter into God's promised land because what? It says they had an evil heart of unbelief. So are you speaking words of unbelief? Is that what you're repeating? You're no good. You're never going to make it. Nobody likes you. You've had it harder than anybody. You're just... All that's going to do is feed unbelief in you. It's going to feed doubt and unbelief. And, and Jesus said, you know, we need to watch what we're downloading. That's why it's important that you download a whole lot of this. The Bible. You know... The psalmist said, your word have I hid in my heart. I mean, you've got to download it in there. I found out, man, I've got to, whoo, daily. Because we still got some of this stuff. You got any of this stuff? Words spoken have a creative effect. That's what Jesus said. He said, a good person produces or brings forth good things. An evil person produces or brings forth what? Evil things. So the heart, or words have a, a, a spoken have a creative effect. Bad things are good things. Look over in Ephesians, in chapter four. You know, I, I was preparing, working on this series. I, I was thinking about a, a thing. You probably heard a little rhyme when I was growing up. You know, you're, you're probably not as old as me, so but maybe you heard your parents say it. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. What a bunch of bull. Isn't that what we're finding out now in our schools? What, what's most of the bullying? It's not somebody beating on somebody. I mean, that does happen sometimes. Most of the bullying is what? Don't tell me. I don't know who come up with that silly thing, but it's just, it's just wrong. Words do have the power to heal, to help, or to hurt, or to wound. Absolutely. You better know it. Ephesians 4. <clears throat> Let's look in verse 29. Paul's writing to spirit-filled believers. Are you listening? He's writing to spirit-filled believers, Passion Church. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Mm. Selah. But only, say only, what is helpful for building others up. If it's not helpful, keep it to yourself. You know, when, 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 I, when, I, when I get tripped up or something and I fall down on the ground, it's not helpful when you come by and kick me. That's not helpful. Neither is it helpful for you to come and say, hey, look at you down there. What's the matter with you? That don't help either, does it? No, I really need somebody to reach down a hand and say, let me help you up. For building others up according to their needs. What do they need? He didn't say according to what they did. 
according to the mistakes they made. He said, according to their need. If I'm lying down on the ground, I need to get up. I might need some help. That it may benefit those who listen. My words need to be helpful. They need to be uh, relatable to the needs that people have at the moment. Are you listening? That's what what the Scripture says right here. And that it may benefit them. Now, here's the thing. What are you saying to yourself and what are you saying to others? And, you know, our words are also great barometers or measuring sticks of the treasury in our heart. Isn't that right? Now, especially when things are not going well. See, we're here on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. God bless you, brother. Hey, sister. But we get home and things aren't good. And we're blaming one another and pointing fingers at one another. And we're mad at one another. And we're saying all these words. And then we come to church and hallelujah. The Bible has a word for that. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness. You know, that's, that's a hurt that was never healed turns into bitterness. It's an infection. It's a... It's a, a Emotional and spiritual infection. When we don't let go of the hurt, when we nurse it, we rehearse it, the words we're speaking, we keep speaking it, it's going to turn into something much deadlier called bitterness. And as just like I said about the virus, it's going to affect the whole operating system. You get around a bitter person, and I'm telling you, everything that they're looking at, their perceptions, their judgments, it's all uh, poisoned. By bitterness. Everything's wrong. The world's wrong. God's against them. They're against them. They've been treated wrong. Bitterness. He said, don't do that. He said, bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. Because God's a God. What? He's a God of forgiveness, isn't He? He forgives. God's not bitter. Boy, if anybody had a right to be bitter, it's God. Look what's been done to him. Look how many lies have been said in his name. Look how many things that people have done, you know, in his name. Look how he's been maligned and misrepresented and misunderstood and blamed for all kinds of stuff. If anybody had a right to be bitter, you would think it would be God. But he's not. He's full of love. He's full of forgiveness. He's full of kindness. He's full of mercy. He said, that's what we have to be. And it all depends. It goes back to, what are you saying? Yeah, but you don't know what all they did. Now, what's that got to do with it? He said, you words need to be according to their need. What do they need? They need Listen, when I miss it, I need forgiveness. I don't need a ball bat in the head. I mean, I need forgiveness. Isn't that right? If I'm sick, I need words of healing. Amen? If I've had a setback, I need words of faith and hope. I need somebody to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, 
you're going through a difficult time, but you know what? God is more than able to deliver you. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think or can imagine according to His power that's at work in you now. Boy, I'd a lot rather hear that than, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know what you did, but you must have really messed up. <laughs> oh, buddy, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. <laughs> Words we know this can set or change the atmosphere around us. We know that, don't we? Atmosphere is an important thing. It absolutely is. You know, the Bible says over in Revelations that in heaven... And in the New Jerusalem, there, there will not be anything that hurts. There will be no lies. There will not be one negative word. There will be no bitterness. There will be The atmosphere is going to be charged with the very presence and character and truth of God. Man, you talk about freedom. That's when you got freedom. You got freedom. And the Bible says, you know, that we're set free, what? By God's Word. And we need to be speaking that. What are you saying to yourself? Well, I'm bound. Well, how's that helping you get free? Well, I mean, I just can't seem to shake this thing. Well, how's that helping you get free? No, you need to rise up and begin to say, you know what? The Bible says that it was for freedom that Christ came and died for me. And I declare in Jesus' name that where sin did abound in my life, grace does much more abound now. And that the power of God's greater than the power of the enemy. He's bigger than my flesh. He's bigger than any sin. And I am being delivered from this thing in the name of Jesus. Instead of... Uh... Now listen, I understand that, man. My flesh is just like yours. You know, sometimes my flesh, you know what my flesh wants to do? Wants to, oh, your flesh wants to be pampered. It wants to, you know, it wants to, you know, feel sorry for itself. We know this, that words have the power, what? To release death or life. Proverbs 18, 21, you know the scripture. But Jesus talked about this in Matthew 18. He said, he said we can bind or we can lose. He's, we're given that authority. He said, whatever you bind in heaven, shall be, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose shall be loosed. So here's what I'm asking you. Is what are you binding with your words and what are you loosing? Because if you're binding the wrong things and loosing the other things, I mean, no wonder you're having a problem. So most of the time we're binding the operation of God's grace and redemption and promise in our life by our words and we're loosing the, the, and giving the right to the enemy to work in our life. Come on, discouragement. Come on, hopelessness. Come on, fear, because we're talking those words. You talk fear, guess what you're going to get? You're going to have an atmosphere of fear. A spirit of fear is going to be right around you. You talk depression and discouragement long enough, guess what? You say, yeah, but that's how I feel. Well, stop going by your feelings and start going by what? Faith. Amen? So what are you binding in your life? Are you binding the work of God's grace? See, when you speak contrary to God and to God's will, You say, well, I just think God can do whatever He wants to. Well, maybe you need to get a new thought. It might be that you need to think what God says. 
And he, Jesus said over and over to people who came to him, he said, may it be done unto you according to your faith. What do you believe? What do you believe? Well, I just believe I'll always have this spirit of fear. Okay. Well, I'm telling you what, the church here could pray. I mean, we could pray 24-7. You're going to keep it. Well, I just don't think I'll ever have anything. Okay, well. I'm not going to give you anything because according to your faith, I shouldn't. Because if I give you something, you, you'll have some. But you're saying you'll never have anything. Come on. What are you saying about it? You say, oh, I, you're just playing with words and everything. Well, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I said, you know, opinion's like a nose. Everybody's got one. If you're happy with what you have, if you're happy. See, some people, they never have peace. They're always talking about their troubles. They're talk- and if they don't have any troubles, they're talking about the ones that's going to come. See, a lot of people prophesy trouble to their life, the words they speak. But yet we can get up and start talking about prophesying something good, and they think we're a nut. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Words can release healing energy, or words can release death energy. Just a different way of saying it, life and death. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit beings are the only ones who can originate their thoughts and articulate it in words. Now, you can, you can get around a, a parrot or a minor bird, and they can mimic, but they can't originate. That, that was given to mankind. We have that power. Jesus said, now the words that I speak to you, he said, they are spirit and life. He said, the flesh profits nothing. That's not much profit, is it? So why don't we listen to the flesh? Your flesh is dumb. Are you listening to me? My flesh is dumb. D-U-M-B, it's dumb. It will lead you in the wrong way and the wrong reaction 100% of the time. Isn't that true? Absolutely. <clears throat> Turn, if you will, real quickly over to James chapter 3. Let's see what old James said about the tongue over here. We want to make sure that we don't get hung by the tongue. We don't want to get hung by the tongue. You know, we, we talk about, you know, and Paul talked about this in Ephesians 6. He talked about, you know, he said, he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Isn't that right? But against uh, principalities and powers and spiritual forces of darkness, you know, in heavenly places and so on. And he talked about it. So, you know, there is a battle that's going on. But, you know, the biggest area and arena of that battle has to do not when we just stand up and say, devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Because if you're all week long, you're talking about how you're no good and, you, you know, and how you just don't believe you'll ever have anything. And, that, you know, and then you come to the prayer meeting and you, you do some religious thing like, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You might as well just be saying, twinkle, twinkle, little star. We get all religious. Because if you loosen him all week long and you come to a prayer meeting and make one statement, I bind you in the name of Jesus, I got news for you. 
See, we, a lot of times we're hung by the tongue. We're, the words we're speaking all throughout the week, you know, are fearful, negative, lack, on and on and on you can go, discouraging, hopeless words. Then we come to church and we hope somehow, somehow we're going to get a breakthrough. You're not. Not until you get a breakthrough of understanding the power of your words. James chapter 3. Let's pick it up. Verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Though they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Whoa. And the whole course of one's life. Whoa. Boy, you better get this. This is some serious stuff here. And the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. Now, there are two people, there are two forces, two kingdoms striving to control your tongue. Hell and heaven. And one of the two is controlling your tongue. Isn't that right? Sure. Now, he compares this to a bit in a horse's mouth. And, you know, that that bit, it puts pressure on the horse's tongue. And as soon as you pull those reins one way or the other and that pressure goes a certain way, that, that, that horse will go the direction you say. Why? Because of the pressure that's put on the tongue. And he said that's the same way with us. What the enemy attacks us, circumstances, whatever it may be, lack, sickness, whatever it is, strife, relationships, he puts pressure on us in an area because what is he wanting to do? To get control of our tongue. Well, I don't know why this happened to me. I try to serve God. I'll tell you, nothing good ever happens for me. This is just one more thing. What is it? Hell is trying, or somebody does you wrong. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That's it for me. I ain't having nothing else to do with them. What Hell's trying to get a hold of your tongue. And he says it's going to control what? The whole body, your whole life. He said he compared the tongue to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the rudder on a ship. You know, compared to the rest of the ship, it's very small. But you, wherever that rudder turns, you know what? That's the direction the ship's going. And he said that's the way it is. Hell and heaven's trying to get a hold of your tongue in order to set a direction for your life. The enemy, death and destruction hopelessness. He wants to destroy you. That's what Jesus said. Isn't that right? Well, but heaven wants to what? Get a hold of your tongue. What? So that there might be life 
and joy and peace and blessing and productivity. Amen? And so here's the thing. Who has got control of your tongue? Boy, you better, you better be real honest with yourself. Because it's a, a direction is going to determine a destination. Amen? I can't point my boat south and end up north. It's just not going to happen. And he said that's the same way. So two kingdoms striving for the mastery of your tongue. Who controls your tongue will control your life. He said all kind of animals, verse 7, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. So it's going to take something bigger than ourselves to tame our tongue. You know, I've run into people, well, you know what? I'm just one of those people that speak my mind. Well, it depends on whether you're speaking your mind or the mind of Christ. If you're speaking your mind, what? Amen. You don't need to speak every thought out that comes into your head. <laughs> I know that's not anything deep, but, you know, we need to be reminded. He said no human can do it. So, you know, here's the value. Now, for us spirit-filled people, okay, the Bible talks about we can receive the Holy Spirit at the new birth, and He's in us a well of water. Isn't that right? Bubbling up eternal life, but also it talks about we can receive an endowment of power, the Holy Spirit coming on us, and when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples in Acts chapter 2, they spoke in another language, other tongues. When, it, when the Holy Spirit came on Cornelius's household in Acts chapter 10, they spoke in another language, in another tongue. Paul said, writing to the Corinthian church, he said, he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Now, the value of that is, the Bible says, when we speak in what the Bible calls tongues, he said, our spirit, as energized by the Holy Spirit, is speaking out to God divine mysteries. One of the ways to help us get control over our tongue is to release and relinquish control of that tongue to the Holy Spirit as we pray, speak and pray in other tongues. You say, well, I don't do that. Well, see me before you leave today. Amen. Because you can. It's for every Christian. It's for every believer. And you can read about that, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. You can read about that. Now, that's not my subject for today. But, you know, if we, he says no human can control the tongue, then we've got to have supernatural help. We've got to have the help of the indwelling spirit. We've got to have the ability of God to, to help us. And another thing that will help us, of course, is as we put the Word of God into our minds and download it into our spirit. But you're not going to control your tongue by your own human strength. As I said, direction leads to destination. If you want to know where you're headed, look at who's controlling the rudder of your life. 
Wouldn't it be, it might be interesting, wouldn't it, if you had a, just had a little recorder with a little mic here and just recorded all day your words? I'm sure it would be enlightening. <laughs> I, I'm just speaking for myself. Because, you know, you know we're, we're, we're kind of like the one brother said, you know, he says we, we judge other people by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Well, I intended to speak good words all day, but boy, I want to go back and hear this. And I'm not talking about trying to get legalistic about it. I'm not saying that. But, you know, life needs to be flowing out of us. God's Word needs to be spoken out of us. Words of love, words of faith, words of hope, words of forgiveness, words of kindness, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of admonition. And even sometimes words of correction have their place. But it always needs to be with the grace of God flowing through what we're saying. Amen? And then let me just remind you, our words, my words, are set in motion, he said, by hell or heaven. He said in verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. I've said this a lot of times humorously, you know. You can't come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Norris, boy, I really like you. I love you, you know, but man... Your wife, I just, she gets on my nerves. I just can't stand her. Well, how do you think that's going to go over with me? You you think we're still going to be tight? I don't think that's going to happen. Matter of fact, I know it ain't going to happen. But see, here's the thing. We want to be close and tight and have this wonderful relationship with the Lord and with the Father. But yet, what do we say? To those made in his image. You think God's going to say, okay, we're going to be real tight and close, you know, but, you know, I don't care what you say about my other kids. That ain't going to happen, honey. We need to, we need to understand that. He said, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. You know, earlier in that chapter, James talked about being double-minded. Double-minded. He said, a double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord. See, we, we go to God and we, we go in our prayer closet and we're talking to God about our needs and, and, and things we want God to do in our life and everything. But yet, on the other hand, we leave the prayer closet and we're still talking all this stuff about our lack and, our, you know, and what people have done to us. And, how, and you know, we talk discouragement and all that. And we wonder, well, why, why is God not answering my prayer? You're double-minded. You're speaking one thing, you're speaking fresh water in prayer to God, but you're coming out here and you're speaking all that salt water stuff out all during the day. He said it ought not to be. Make the source one. The Holy Spirit and God's Word. Let's let that, let our words be in harmony, be in agreement. You don't have to speak Elizabethan, but you need to, your words need to be in harmony You know, really, really, I say unto you. No, you don't have to do it. But our words need to harmonize, what? With God's word, with God's character, with God's purpose. 
You understand that. Of course you do. All right, let me give you some action points real quickly here. We're talking about the creative power of my words. First of all, become more mindful of your words. You know, even in the, those of you in the business world and all, you know, the, the, you know, one of the buzzwords right now is mindfulness, isn't it? Everybody talking about being mindful, being aware of others, being aware of the situation, being aware, uh, you know, with emotional intelligence, being aware with where other people are coming from and what they're doing. But I would say this, you know, we need to be more mindful about the words we're speaking. Amen? It's easy to get careless with our words. It really is. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, being legalistic. And let me just add this caveat too. You're not the one to go around and make sure you're not the word police. That's way over your pay grade. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Are you listening? That's the Holy Spirit's job. The only people, Jesus said, who could throw a rock are perfect people. So if you're not perfect like me, let's don't be picking up any rocks. You know, I want to say that. You know, because sometimes some people can get very zealous about a truth. They want to run with it. But we all could be more mindful of what was coming out of our mouth. Isn't that true? What are we saying? You know, especially when we're under pressure. Wow. I would suggest this. Maybe get an accountability partner to help you. You know, your spouse, a close friend. You know, if, especially if you feel like, you know, I need to get a handle on my words. And then practice speaking words that harmonize with God's character and will. Just, just speak those. Speak those words to people. Speak those words to people. We're not here. You know, you know, it's not your job to correct everybody's actions, everybody's words. Everybody, you know, I'm just going to keep my garden. Isn't that right? I keep my garden. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak words that are going to help other people. I'm not going to put a hindering, another stumbling block in front of them. I'm not going to add to the weight. You know, that's what Jesus said about the religious Pharisees. He said, all you do is just add to the weight of people. Now, I want to minister words that's going to help lift the burden, at least while they're in my presence anyway. You know, what they do later... You know, I, I can't control that. But I'm going to help them if they're in my presence. I'm going to speak words that bring life, that bring encouragement, that bring forgiveness, that bring faith, that bring hope, that let them know God cares. Amen? The power of my words. And listen, good place to start is right there in the home, isn't it? If you read the Scriptures... Really, that's where everything starts. In me, but in my home. And I'd say that's a real good place to practice this, isn't it? Is in the home. Speak those words to one another that build one another up, that encourage one another, that let them know, you know what? God is for you and so am I. You're coming through. You're coming out. You're You're going over. God's on your side. God's for you. God's got this. Amen. Let's speak words that encourage one another. Would you bow your heads just for a moment, please?
Maybe you're here this morning and you realize as I was sharing some of these truths, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and you say, you know what? I, I really need to get a better handle grip on my tongue, Pastor. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being hung by the tongue here. And there's no condemnation about that. Listen, Jesus talked about this a lot. He talked about repentance. You know what repentance is? It's when we confront the truth of God, and it shows us that there's an area where truth is not being applied. Repent means just, I recognize that, and I say, you know what? Instead of doing this, from now on, I'm going to do that. That's all it is. And I want to tell you what, if you live more than two days, you're going to need to repent. And if you haven't repented in a while, man, something wrong with you. You've gotten all pharisaical or something. Well, I'll tell you what, I needed to repent since I got saved. <laughs> but if you're here this morning, you say, that, that's an issue with me. And I, I really want, uh, as you pray, Pastor Norris, I, I want the Holy Spirit and I'm, I'm purposing too. I know the Holy Spirit's not just going to do it for me. But I, I really want the help of the Holy Spirit as I become more mindful of the words coming out my mouth to, to be slow to speak and to be quick to speak words that agree with God's Word and agree with God's character. If that's you and you want in on this prayer, just put your hand up and put it back down. I'm going to pray for you. Okay, hands all over. You can put them back down. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, I know to a certain degree this could apply to all of us, but especially those that have raised their hands. Father, I pray that as they purpose to become more mindful of the words that are coming out of their mouth, especially, Father, in the home and the words they speak to themselves, I pray, O oh God, for the help of the Holy Spirit, Father, for them and for all of us, that we might become more mindful of the words that are, we're speaking, that are coming out of our mouth, that we would speak words of life and encouragement to ourselves as well as in our home and to our, our, our brothers and sisters and even to those in the workplace. Thank you for that help. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Savior and Lord of your life, I never like to close a service because there could be one. The Bible says that Jesus came and He died for our sins. He died for the things that we did that were contrary to God's character, God's nature, and God's law. The things that we could never do to make ourselves right with God. Jesus came. He paid the price. He shed His blood. The Bible says that He was raised up from the dead for our justification. And now, whoever will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess Him as Lord will be saved. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that if I were to die, I'm going to heaven. I don't know for sure that I've ever really made Jesus Savior and Lord, but I want to this morning. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, say anything, but just if that's you, just put your hand up, put it back down, and I'm going to pray for you in this prayer. I'll give just a moment. Anyone in the building? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, amen. The power of the spoken word. 
Listen, I know we're going to go out of here today and we've got things planned for the day. We've got work this week. We've got all those things coming. But I pray that you will take some time to really think about this message today. Let it, let it sink in. Don't let it get away from you. You know, it's, it's so easy to do because we go out and we're busy and we've got things to do. Let it sink into you. Take time this week. Put God's Word. Put some spiritual download in you. Amen? Because you're going to get all other kind of things when you're out there in the world, in the workplace. All that stuff's coming at you. But you put some spiritual download, some Word of God inside you. And you let it speak to you. And you speak that over your life. You speak that over your family. You speak it over your finances. You speak it over your business. Amen? Life and not death. Pastor Walton, come. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.